Sleep is one of those things where we detox our brain on both a physical level because we can have things in our brain just like in other parts of our body that we need to give back to the bloodstream and the lymphatic system to help them to detox, but also detox maybe some of the information that we've gotten that's not as useful for us in our lives. Welcome to Clarity Cafe, our safe space to get some clarity on life. I'm Callie, and I'm here with my Clarity sister, Barb. And we want to give a shout out to our community on social, on Insta and Facebook. Oh my gosh, such fun conversations. We just really love the feedback. Our podcast is rising in the rankings and it's because of you. So thank you. And if you haven't taken a chance to uh, subscribe to the podcast or leave a review, please do because that really helps. And uh, we're grateful for all of the participation and conversations we're having on social. We uh, talked about creating from a relaxed and chill state in our last episode and the impact it can have on ourselves and our community. And on this episode, we're going to dive into the world of creating a sleep ritual and the importance of quality sleep on our health. Sleep. It's a wonderful topic. And I don't know about y'all, but I love to sleep and I love that feeling of waking up and feeling like you've gotten good sleep. But it tends to be one of those things that in our busy lives, we may sacrifice because we want to be sure we get our exercise in and maybe we have children and we have very demanding jobs and we have our exercise program, et cetera. And then also how we sleep is so important. So it's not just the hours in bed, but how we perceive, our body perceives and how our brain can actually detox and replenish itself while we're sleeping. One of the things that happens during sleep is is that your brain detoxes and also does something called dendritic pruning, where we're getting rid of some of the things that we've encountered during the day, all the input that we get and all the things that we learn to help us be able to make sense of it and get rid of some of the stuff that we don't need so much of. So, you know, we've talked about detox on a physical level. Sleep is one of those things where we detox our brain on both a physical level because we can have things in our brain, just like in other parts of our body, that we need to give back to the bloodstream and lymphatic system to help them to detox, but also detox maybe some of the information that we've gotten that's not as useful for us in our lives. And as we've evolved as human beings, we've gotten better and better at that. And that's one of the reasons why our brains have evolved to the point where we have such super high functioning, busy lives and getting back to those basics of sleeping and our circadian rhythms and having that feeling of waking up and feeling like you want to get up versus it being difficult. All those things are so important. So I think a conversation about sleep hygiene and And what are the topics and the things that can work for us versus other people? Hopefully, by the time we get to the end of this podcast, you guys will have some ideas of things to try. I'm always up for new sleep hacks, so I look forward to hearing everyone's experiences. Wow, that's a lot to unpack there, Barb. (laughs) (laughs) I love this topic. (laughs) Yeah, let's rewind a little bit for our listeners and talk about dendritic pruning. So I love big words and I love body processes. I think for those of us in layman's terms who may not be up on that particular process, one way to look at it or think about it would be 
through the idea of web browsers. So how many of y'all got like uh, tabs, way too many tabs open in your browser? I know I personally, at least twice in my life, have hit the 500 tabs open marker and have been told by my browser that I need to shut them down um, on my phone. So uh, if you think about the brain being like that and everything we do having a tab open during our day, we can think about a really good deep sleep habits can help our brain close those tabs. Because as you know, the machine's performance decreases when we've got too many tabs open. And sometimes to get a better performance, we need to shut tabs. That would be a way to think about dendritic pruning process. So now let's go to, Barb, you raised another point, uh, so many points, but I'm just going to catch on to another one here, which was the idea of sleep hygiene. And uh, for me, I think about sleep rituals. So the more I've learned about the importance of sleep, the more I've been investing in learning about it and taking the time to make sure that I have a really good wind down process a really good bed and sleep space that I'm supporting my brain going through theta, beta, delta sleep cycles and your REM cycle, of course, as well was where you have your dreams and making sure that the body gets the right amount of each type of sleep. And so I think we could do an entire season on sleep, but if you're interested more about the sleep cycles, you can go check out, you know, do a Google search on that. You can check out Aura Rings and like Fitbit. They kind of help you look at your sleep cycles and the levels that your body's getting to and your resting heart rate. That's such fun stuff to look at. But for this episode, let's just talk about the sleep ritual and the things that we can do to make sure that maybe we don't always have all the time in the world to sleep, but we want to make the time we do have really impactful and efficient. So Barb, what are some things that you do to make sure that you sleep well? I'd say the first thing is to make sure that I make time before I'm actually going to go to sleep to unplug from my day. And for me, that means a number of things. One is electronically unplugged. If you look at almost any sleep studies, they'll say, you know, at least an hour, you know, turn, get away from screens, get away from your phone. Somewhat, sometimes that's not as so easy. You need to check a work thing, but really trying to minimize that. The other thing I do, um, with my phone particularly, is there is a setting that takes the blue light out. I just keep my phone on that setting all the time because I don't need my brain to be any more excited than it is at any given point in time. And blue light is very exciting for the brain. So there is a sleep mode for your phone. There's also the get a, get a, what I do is, you know, try to get away from that and, you know, potentially do some yoga, a little stretching. Uh, for me, it's very centering to do the the straightening rituals, you know, maybe make sure that the everything in the kitchen is put away and whatever that looks like to you into the sink, um, and that you for some people I think you know having the putting out their clothes for the next day something that helps you feel prepared and grounded just kind of being in your space being in your body is really useful and being aware that the input, particularly to your eyes, can affect your brain. So the more you're looking at screens and looking at things like news, um, it's actually the opposite of what you want to be doing to, to help to calm your brain down. So just, you know, 
Even if you can't put your phone down for an hour yet, try it for 15 minutes and see how that works. It's uh, whatever you're trying to break a habit, um, sometimes taking it a little smaller pieces. So getting away from screens, doing sort of centering rituals as you're washing your face, you know, your cream. I noticed that I like to put on a lavender scented cream because lavender is really relaxing for many people as a scent. And, you know, having a pillow that you like and, you know, and making sure that your room is as dark as you can get it. Um, not all, some of us have blackout curtains. That's very useful. Again, we're, we're looking at the light and how that affects our sleep. I wear a sleep mask, a beautiful little Kim Koo silk sleep mask, which I, when I, even if I want to take a quick nap, just the act of putting that on kind of tells my body, oh, now I'm looking internally. There's nothing to see. And it helps me start to relax. And then the last thing I'll mention, even though there's many other things I could put in here, is just a little, I have a little mantra that I say as I'm going to bed, which are the same thing that I say when I wake up. And it's a bit of a gratitude meditation. And also just that I'm safe and, you know, I'm loved and I love and making sure that I feel cared for myself and that I'm sending that out to other people. So, you know, that little short act of acknowledgement of myself and acknowledgement of the community, uh, I think is a really nice way to drift off into sleep. For me, I uh, have a lot of similar things and some of it has come from trying different things and seeing what's worked. And really over my life, I would say that different things have worked at different times in my life. So it doesn't have to stay the same for those of you listening and thinking about what your sleep and wake cycles are like, you know, it doesn't, it, it could change and that's totally fine. And what works for us may not work for you. You may have some other things. So definitely on social, share with us. We want to hear what's in your sleep rituals. But for me, I look at environment, just like you were mentioning, Barb. So what is the, do I have dark room. I do have blackout curtains because I've found that um, sunlight can really impact my sleep cycles. And uh, so I want to make sure I've got an environment that has, that it's dark, that it's cool. I make sure that I get the heat down or the AC up depending on the time of year so that the temperature is a nice, cool setting. The bed, I want to make sure it's a comfortable bed and that I have the right pillow. Um, I get some neck stuff that goes on here and there. So making sure that the pillow is good will make sure that I'm fully resting. If there's parts of my bedding that's not comfortable, I look to try to switch that out so that I can be comfortable so that when it's time to rest, my body can fully relax. And the other thing in the environment, uh, you talked about the setting, the nighttime setting on the phone and blue light. The other piece for me is I have, um, I just bought a little bit ago, I bought some lights that you can set the color on. And that was fun. They weren't too expensive and they're in the lamps. And so um, in the bedroom at night at a certain time, it goes to a softer white light. And then as it gets a little later, it goes to a more orangey uh, reddish color light. And that helps my brain go, okay, we've hit that part where we start to, we're going to, it's time to sleep. And then I look at my body and I've mentioned comfort, but also I personally like to take uh, some supplements that help my body sleep. I've got some different health stuff that I 
I'm always managing and having fun with. <laughs> and so uh, for me, I use, you know, like melatonin or L-theanine. Um, I do my vitamin D at night and my magnesium at night. And so these things help bring my body down into a really rested state. And I don't do those all the time. Mm-hmm. I use them for a period of time so that my body kind of retrains into sleeping well. And then I can back off of those supplements as my body goes into deep rest. And Barb, like you, the mental part, uh, make sure that, you know, the phone's off. If I'm watching anything that, you know, that if I want to fall asleep to something that it's calming, like I love the Great British Baking Show. And I also have insomnia at times in my life. So, you know, for those of you listening, you may or may not need all the effort that I might put into my sleep. And maybe that's why I'm so passionate about it. But um, Great British Baking Show is really fun because you can turn it down low. It's very calm. The colors are really nice. And no major drama ever happens. So my brain's like, oh, it's safe to go to sleep. Um, and I don't always fall asleep to that, but you know, if I am going to watch something near bedtime, it's going to be something super calming like that. And, uh, and then the last piece is I try to make sure that I hydrate during the day really well. And then towards the end of the evening, I will decrease what I drink so that I'm not waking up in the middle of the night multiple times to whiz. That's my very scientific term. <laughs> exactly. Minimize the need to whiz in the night. Exactly. As long, <laughs> longer you can stay in bed. Yeah. As you were speaking, I was thinking about, you know, all those things. We have very similar rituals because we have spent so much time together. <laughs> and and recently I have added um, L-theanine to my sleep stack uh, with, via your recommendation, which has been really a game changer for me. So what I am... Present to here is how little things can affect your sleep. And so, you know, part of the homework after listening to this episode is going to be try some things. Uh, if you are wanting to improve your sleep, you know, try one or two things and see how those things help you. Again, I do melatonin as well, alternate off and on, trying to kind of train my, as you know, our circadian rhythm to be more natural. If we didn't have electric lights, you know, we'd all go to bed when the sun went down and wake up when the sun comes up. But obviously, we're far from that in our current lifestyles. So part of taking melatonin helps to the cortisol to go down. So our body knows it's time to sleep. And we can do that with light as well. And I love what Callie's doing with her lights to turn down the lights, turn off the lights, turn them down to more soothing colors that aren't making your brain think, oh, it's eight o'clock in the morning. I should be up and at it. There's some berries to go pick and a bunch of other stuff to do today. So we're trying to mimic as much as we can the um, the cycles of nature and be as much in touch with that. You probably notice if you go camping, you know, your sleep cycles might change. People go to bed a little earlier. You're outside breathing a lot of fresh air, getting exercise. And then when the sun goes down, you got your lantern or your fire, but you don't stay up till one o'clock in the morning uh, binging on a Netflix series like you might accidentally do every once in a while at your house. So if we try to think of that, how do we live a little bit more like in harmony with with the cycles of nature? And so melatonin can help with that, you know, for those of us who, you know, have, have, have stress and have our cortisol up. So we're hacking ourselves a bit, um, to try to find that sort of more natural approach to sleep. And the 
really, even with all these fancy ways that we measure our sleep, which I love, I love the aura ring, you know, I love my Apple Watch, I look at all kinds of different measurements. But I think one of the main things is it's just to notice how you feel when you wake up in the morning. And if you feel good, then take a look back at what you did the day before and particularly what you did the night before. Things like caffeine, obviously, you know, many people are sensitive to caffeine, so it's not a good idea to drink it later in the day. Alcohol can also affect sleep. Your liver is trying very hard to metabolize it, and it takes energy to metabolize alcohol. You know, therefore, you're not going to wake up as rested. I mean, you're not going to have the kind of liver recovery and detoxification that you would normally have. So just, you know, balancing off all those things and noticing I, call, I think of it as sort of the yoga of life and the yoga of sleep is really noticing how you feel and how different things affect your sleep. And then that you build your perfect sleep stack out of that. And it's also going to vary when we travel. And most, a lot of us haven't been doing a lot of travel in the last couple of years, but um, I know many of us are traveling and it's starting to pick up again. And, and especially important when you're traveling, you have less control over all those environmental things. And you're exposed to more things that could, you know, sap your energy. So really paying attention to your sleep when you're traveling, if that means, you know, bringing a sleep mask, bringing some kind of white noise device. If you're in a hotel, there's, you know, you might hear elevators or other people, but uh, being able to, some people sleep with earplugs. That doesn't work for me. I can't stand to have anything in my ears, but many people swear by that. But, you know, even having a little white noise, I find air purifiers uh, are really good for that because you can put them on. But there's also white noise applications you could get on your phone and there's little white noise boxes. So lots of good tools out there. And I think now that you've listened to this podcast, uh, hopefully your awareness will be to kind of find those things that vibe with you and give them a try. Yeah, a lot there. And I wanted to just also go back to a couple points that you said in closing, Barb. One is uh, caffeine has a really long half-life. So it can be like five to seven hours. And that's depending on how you metabolize things. So just thinking about like that afternoon caffeine can still be in your system when you're going to bed. It, and it can be fully in your system. And then, you know, over another couple of hours, it might break down to half and then a quarter. And so when we think about that, it's just important to recognize that if you're having afternoon uh, fatigue, we can talk about some other things to do to help with that, but that the caffeine is probably not serving us because then we don't get the rest we need. And then the following day, we start out at a deficit. And then the other is, and this is a huge topic. And we're kind of on the cutting edge of the research on this and the things that are coming out as a society. But for those of you that may have histamine issues, there's something known as the 4 a.m. histamine dump. For some of us, it's 3 a.m. Some of us, it's 5 a.m. Many of us, it's 4 a.m. on the dot. Uh, but if you find yourself waking up in the middle of the night, there may be some histamine stuff going on in your body and that can contribute to insomnia and some other sleep challenges. So that's something to research in for another conversation at another time. But I wanted to throw that out there because I know so many people that have that like 3 to 5 a.m. wake up cycle. And they're like, what is happening? Could be histamines, which caffeine, alcohol, fermented foods, environmental. There's many things that create excess histamines in the body. And that's a whole nother podcast, but wanted to just bring that up as well. We want to hear 
on our social, what you do to keep yourself rested. What are some tools that you use to have deeper sleep? And, uh, or it could be things that we've mentioned, or it could be some stuff that we haven't mentioned, but we definitely want to hear about it. So share with us on Facebook and Instagram at Clarity Cafe Podcast. And a reminder, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast and you want to be sure to catch the next episode, do so. And if you've got a minute, please give back by giving a review because our podcast is supported by listeners like you. And the more reviews we have, the better the word is getting out about our podcast to the community. So thank you. And share it with people. If you like it, share it with your friends. On our next episode, we're going to be talking about not just giving, not just asking, but receiving help because we did do an episode on asking for help, but it's really important to talk about being a good recipient of help. So until next time, always take what works in these podcasts, leave what doesn't. And until next time, be well. Be well.